You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. So our gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. Let us listen to and for God's word. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And Jesus asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And as they came near the village to which they were going, he walked on ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, because it is now almost evening and the day is nearly over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and they vanished and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he was talking to us on the road while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. And they were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, as the scriptures are read and the word is proclaimed, may you open our hearts and our ears to listen to your voice. Help us to hear your voice above all the other noise that fills our lives, 
and give us the clarity to follow in your path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The one thing that I've noticed that I actually find kind of amusing is that even though Spartanburg is a small town, there have been several occasions where I've run into church members out and about and they don't recognize me at first. Just a few weeks ago, I was walking with a friend on the new Beaumont Mills Trail when I passed Max and Eliza Hyde and their three children. I said, hey, I called out as we crossed paths. And then in church that next Sunday, Max came over to me and he told me that he didn't recognize me at first in my street clothes, but that it was nice to run into me on the trail. And then the next weekend, I was at the Landrum Farmer's Market when I noticed Anna Harkey from across the way, and I said, Anna, hey. And then she and her mother did this double take, and I saw that moment where that moment of recognition hit their faces, and they registered who I was. Oh, hey, we didn't expect to see you in your normal clothes, and definitely not in Landrum, they said. As a pastor in a relatively small community, there's, there's something oddly comforting about the fact that I can still manage to stay under the radar sometimes. As it turns out, I'm way less conspicuous in my robe when I'm not in my robe and stole. I have my own stories of not recognizing people when I'm out of context. One summer when I was in seminary, I had the opportunity to take a a mini spiritual pilgrimage to the island of Iona, Scotland. And I was there for a conference that was being led by John Bell, who was actually going to be here at our church in September, which is really exciting. And so we were at this conference, and people are gathered here from all over the world to be there for him. And so the first evening that I was there, we're sitting in this beautiful cathedral for worship, and I'm kind of gazing around the room, taking it all in. And I notice a man in a TCU sweatshirt. Well, that's a fun coincidence, I thought. I need to go and speak with him. And so after worship, I went up to the man, and I told him that I had been a student at TCU a few years back. And he told me that he was a local pastor who taught a religion course there. And as soon as he said that, I looked at him again, and now all of a sudden he looked very familiar. Turns out I had taken his class about eight years earlier, and I felt a little bit embarrassed, but at the same time, I never expected to see my professor from years ago in Scotland. Maybe these stories just highlight how unobservant human beings can be sometimes, but I do think that there is something to be said about having a different mindset and seeing things differently when we're in a different place. I think that's one reason why spiritual pilgrimages are so popular. In 2022, in this past last year, the El Camino de Santiago in Spain had a record number of travelers, over 400,000 people. 
And not everybody did the full 491 miles, but to put this in perspective, there were more people that traveled at least part of the El Camino last year than the total number of people who live in all of Spartanburg County. There's something about a journey itself that lends itself to experiencing God in a new way. It forces us to slow down. It gives us opportunities to reflect. And sometimes the physical and mental challenge of it all connects us to God differently. In our scripture passage today, the disciples are traveling the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And so to me, seven miles feels like a significant enough distance to consider it a pilgrimage. It would have taken several hours. And while they're on the road, they're using this time to process the flurry of events that has happened over the past several days. And it's during this walk, when they are able to get away from their daily routines and reflect on what's happening, that Jesus shows up, as J.D. phrased it last week. Now this, of course, is many, one of many stories where Jesus appears after the resurrection, but his followers don't recognize him at first. And it makes me wonder, maybe you've wondered, well, why don't they recognize him? But then as I think more about it, it sort of makes sense to me that they don't recognize Jesus because they are not expecting Jesus to show up there. They don't notice that it's Jesus simply because they are not looking for him. It's like when people see celebrities out in public doing something really ordinary, like grocery shopping and sweatpants, and oftentimes they'll go unrecognized. Here on this road to Emmaus, Jesus shows up in street clothes, blending in with the surrounding setting, and their brains simply don't register that Jesus is here where they never expected him to be. And besides that, they're so preoccupied with their own concerns and their grief that they have a hard time really noticing much else that's going on. I cannot help but read this story and wonder, how often is Jesus showing up along the journey and speaking to us, but we aren't looking for him? When has Jesus been that close but we didn't recognize him. The beautiful thing is that even though the disciples are too obtuse to notice, Jesus chooses to show up anyway, and not in some flashy, over-the-top way, but just like by subtly falling into step beside them. At first, he just walks and listens as they express their emotions. And then as they walk further along, Jesus starts to explain the scriptures to them. In this time when the disciples are so narrowly focused on what has just happened in the last couple of days, Jesus helps them to step back and take a look at the bigger picture. 
What I find most amazing about this story is that Jesus explaining the scriptures to them is not what makes, him, what makes them recognize who he is. It isn't until they are sitting at table together and they experience that breaking of the bread that their eyes are finally opened. It was the actions that spoke louder than the words. It was this experience that jogged their memory of the times that they had encountered Jesus in his lifetime for their perspective to be transformed. And who knows if the disciples hadn't extended that hospitality to Jesus and invited him in to share a meal with them, they might have never seen who Jesus really was. That seems to be how Jesus likes to show up. It's in the doing and the being with people that we fully experience Jesus' presence among us. At our weekly neighborhood meal ministry a few weeks ago, a church member told me about a time when she was serving a meal similar to what we do in the Arthur Center every week in another community. And she was asking each of the homeless participants for their name as they were coming forward to be served. And she asked one man and what his name was, and he told her, but she couldn't quite understand what he said. So she asked him for his name again. And once again, he told her that his accent made it difficult for her to understand him. I'm sorry, I still didn't get that, she said. Could you spell it for me? J-E-S-U-S he said. She looked him square in the eye and smiled. Oh yes, she said, I know you. Where else is Jesus showing up in street clothes? But we completely miss him because we don't expect to see him there, looking like that. Here we are in the season of Easter, and the journey is far from over. In fact, it's just beginning. Jesus has passed along his teachings to the disciples, and now through the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrected Christ keeps making appearances. And that's especially good news for us because our journey is far from over as well. Our journey of faith is lifelong, and we're still always going to have our doubts and our questions and our times of feeling distant from God. And in all of those times, Jesus keeps showing up, even if we aren't looking for him, often in people and in places we wouldn't expect. Today is Confirmation Sunday, and it feels especially important for the confirmands to remember that for all of us as well as we walk alongside them on their own journeys of faith and transformation. And though we don't promise the confirmands that we will have all the answers, we proved that, we did some stump the pastor questions with them, we do promise that they don't walk alone. 
The Common English Bible translation of this passage describes that while the disciples were walking along, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. On this road to Emmaus, Jesus was present behind them and then beside them and then later goes on ahead of them after staying for a little while. And the beauty of this story is that we too can be Jesus for others. We are called to be those hands and feet of Christ showing up in spaces where people need his love the most. When you walk alongside a family through the ups and downs of life's challenges, being a mentor to them through the joys and struggles of parenting or homeownership or job transition, that family gets to experience the love of Jesus walking alongside them on the journey. When our good neighbor team at First Presbyterian Church walks alongside a refugee family from the Congo, taking them grocery shopping every week, or cheering their child on at a soccer game. That family gets to experience the love of Jesus walking alongside them on the journey. When you pray with somebody in that hospital waiting room, or around the table before a meal, or as they sit in grief, Jesus joins us along that journey. Not everyone is going to recognize that Jesus is there, but that would be nothing new. Jesus has often managed to slip under the radar and appear whether we acknowledge his presence or not. Where will Jesus be next? Are we looking for him? By the power of the Holy Spirit, may our eyes be open too, just as the disciples were along that road to Emmaus. The journey is far from over, and Jesus is going to keep showing up. Thanks be to God. Amen.